Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. So the Apostle James speaks to us today to encourage us not only to, to hear the things and to be edified by them. Indeed, it's an easy thing to be able to hear a word and go, wow, that's really beautiful, and do absolutely nothing about it. To be edified by it for a brief moment, to allow it to, to well up in some kind of emotional fervor or, uh, or these kinds of things, and then simply to, to move on and, and forget that ever it has done anything before. It has not been spoken to us. It might be new as much the first time as the tenth time to us because it has not taken root in us. And woe to us if the word of God is such. We are not simply to hear the word, but to allow it to sink into our hearts, to do something into us, to effect a change in us, to bring the life of God into us, and to help us to increase in our love for him. It's the Lord who tells us that if we love him, we will keep his commandments. Interestingly, that our world today often emphasizes love as being anything other than following some sort of guidelines of what love's supposed to look like. In our world today, love looks like I can love whoever I want, whenever I want, however I want, in whatever manner I mean to. And this is the fact, is that very often this love is more of a, a self-love rather than a love of the other. I was reminded of, of a story that uh, Father Mike Schmitz told one time in one of, his, one of his podcasts, reflecting on Mother's Day and how one Mother's Day when he was a child, he asked his mother, what would you like for Mother's Day? And she said, I want you to do, you know, just clean the yard or some menial task around the house. And he said, hmm, I don't really want to do that. What I'm going to do instead for you for Mother's Day is I'm going to learn a new trick on my bike. And so he spent the whole day, went and set up a ramp in the front yard, spent the whole day working on this trick, perfected it finally, invited her to come out at the end of the day and said, Mom, look what I've done for you. He did his trick and she said, well done, Michael. Thank you. And the fact is that the trick really wasn't about, you know, it might have been in his child's heart, but the fact is that, that, that a child's heart, an immature heart, has still much self-love in it. And this is the same thing, that whenever we come to serve the Lord, very often if we, if we do things at all for Him, they're still tainted by a bit of self-love. We do things for love of Jesus, but also because we get something out of the deal. We do something for love of God, but because it feels good. Very often this is a normal thing, and it's, a, it's the fact of things, because the Lord is, is and He's patient with us, and He waits with us, just like my, Father Mike's mother uh, was patient with him uh, and said, you know, good, thanks, well done, son, you know, hoping that one day maybe He'll actually just clean the yard instead, right, uh, whenever asked. But it's this gift that, that the Lord is patient with us in that same manner and, and, and awaits for us to be able to do even more of that which He has commanded us to be able to, to let the Word be done in us, and not simply to, to kind of edify us for a brief moment, to allow it to, uh, to cheer our hearts and to lift our heart, but not to call us to do anything. Because again, this is the important piece about our Catholic faith, is it calls us to do something. If we only allow the Word to be spoken to us, and it doesn't change the way that we live, Monday through Sunday, Saturday, and on Sunday as well, then the Word has died in us. It has been spoken, but it has not borne any fruit. It is a dead Word to us, not because of itself, but because that we are a soil that is not able to receive it. 
But rather we choke out the weed, we choke out the seeds, and we, and we destroy them by our own self-seeking. And this is a great sadness. So it is for us to ensure that we do the will of God, not simply think about it or hear it or listen to it or say that it is good, lest we be some, become hypocrites of the highest order, as our culture often would suggest. It is for us to do the things of God, to show our love for the Lord by keeping his commandments. Here, too, is a fascinating point because our world resists commandments. The world sees very often the things of the church where God gives to us his commandments, which are really for our own good. The world would see commandments given to us by the Lord as restrictions to freedom, as ways by which to ensure that, that we Christians, we just can't have joy in this earthly life, that we're just a miserable lot. We're a bunch of sour-faced folks who are just more pious than we can handle on ourselves and have to impose it upon others, right? These thoughts that, that the world will, will place upon us. And to think that, that following the commandments of the Lord is a restriction of our freedom, that we can't be who we want to be. And in the end, thanks be to God for that. Because who we want to be very often is not good. This is the reason we have the commandments in the first place. God, whenever the Lord created us, there were zero rules, right? He created us and he said, okay, well, we've got, we've got this one tree. Don't eat of the one tree. All right, one commandment. They eat of the one tree. Everything goes sideways. The entire train runs off the tracks. And God goes, okay, we need to fix some things. Then he gives us 10 commandments. Okay, you know, don't kill each other. Good starting point, right? It's always a good starting point. We know, you know with siblings, don't kill your little brother. Good, check. And so, you know, so it's these things of, of don't kill one another, honor your parents, don't worship idols, you know, uh, be kind to your neighbors, right? Don't steal their stuff, don't lie, don't be able to, don't, don't seek to take their things. Okay, good. But then all of us know that as soon as you give me a law, I'm going to find a way around it. We all know that, especially keenly, as we've just come out of tax season, and all of us are looking for some kind of loophole in the laws to go, how is it that I can get more money out of the government's hands and back into mine? Where's the loophole? Where's the thing that I can, that I can do this way or tweak that way or all these kinds of things, right? So we love to be able to find some kind of loophole, and it doesn't just apply to taxes. And so people said, okay, don't kill, but I can beat them up, right? Okay, no, here's more laws, right? And so more laws come into place. And so we do more things, and we think, we can, okay, well, I'll get around that law then. And then so more things come into place. And then we wind up at the catechism that's several hundred pages thick. Because, not because God is some angry God who just wants to just ruin all the fun, but because our hearts are so disordered that they, that they can hear the word of God and nothing can happen in us. Because our hearts, they're not ready for it sometimes. And so the Lord has to train us. He has to teach us. And this is what the commandments of God are, is they are the ways by which we're able to learn to do the will of God and to love God. They're not restrictions upon our freedom. They teach us how to be free, not to be slaves to our sins, not to be slaves to, to selfish ambitions, not to be slaves to the things of the world, but to allow true freedom to reign, where we can allow to do, to that, which is, to do that which is good, and not be bound by our hearts which so easily tend towards that which is wicked. The commandments of God are good things. 
They're tremendous things for us. They are signs of the Lord's love for us. And thus we should do them. Not simply to allow them to be words on a page, but to be able to look at the commandments of God, to be able to look at the Word of God as it's spoken to us, which contains those commandments in a whole variety of forms, and to be able to allow them to do something in us that compels us to action because the life of God is increasing within us. If we would love the Lord, we would keep His commandments. And in the, in, again, the commandments, they are for our good. They are not for our ill. They are not to keep us from enjoying life. They are to keep us from enjoying sin. And they are intended to be able to ensure that we have life eternal, not simply to enjoy a bit of pleasure here and there, but to have the fullness of joy for all eternity. These are the goodness of the commandments of the Lord. And this is why St. James would be so emphatic about our actually doing them because they are proof of the work of God in our soul. They are proof that God is doing something in us, that his virtues are increasing within us, that charity abides within our heart. If there is no charity towards our neighbor, there is no charity towards the Lord. And so all of these things are the encouragement that Mother Church gives to us today through the teaching of St. James, through the words of the Holy Gospel, through the prayers of this Mass, especially in the gift of the Eucharist, to come and to draw close to the good Lord, to be strengthened by him, to allow his life to be given to us once more in the word on the written page, but also in the word made flesh in the Holy Eucharist. May God grant us the grace today to rejoice in his commandments, to rejoice in his word spoken to us as a sign of his love for us, and to allow that love to well up within us, to increase within us, that we might truly be doers of the word and not hearers only.